0: So I want to start today with something that gives me great pleasure. It's video of our friend Congressman Jamie Raskin, who appeared on this program not long ago and who I think is doing an excellent job basically making a fool out of Republican Congressman Thomas Massey because Massey sees conspiracies everywhere. Now, in particular, in this clip, it's all about Ray Epps. Now, if you haven't heard about Ray Epps. I'm going to tell you about him in a moment, but it's important that, you know, before we look at the clip, there are some on the right who believe that an individual named Ray Epps, who appeared in Washington, D.C. on January 5th in some videos, is either an agent or an asset or an informant of the FBI who essentially encouraged. Trumpists to do what they did on January 6th, and that the entire thing was staged slash encouraged by the FBI. There is no evidence for this whatsoever. Republicans, some are obsessed with it. And Jamie Raskin in this clip rightly points out to Massey: why is everything a conspiracy to you? And take a look at the first few seconds alone are extremely informative. Um,
1: Mr. Epps was in front of the January 6th committee. And we were told that a transcript of his interview would be released, but it's never been released. And I wondered, was he sworn none in? of
2: the transcripts have been released, so you don't need a conspiracy theory about that. We haven't well, released any were of
0: Were you press. So the, on, uh, this is such a, it's a, it's just the beginning of this clip, but it's so important. A lot of these right wingers love to say, hey, but what about this? This is suspicious. And oftentimes the this is just the way things are done. And so in this case, Massey says. You haven't released the transcript from when we spoke to Ray Epps and Jamie Raskin says we've done a thousand interviews. We haven't released any transcripts. There's nothing special about Ray Epps. It's sort of like when uh, Republicans claim voter fraud and you say, OK, well, wh- what is the basis for that claim? And they say, well, uh, the pictures of every scanned ballot haven't been released to us. That's never done in any state, even states where the margin of victory is massive. That's not that's not something that's a red flag. Okay, let's continue.
2: When he was interviewed, that will give me. No, I was not. I was not. We've done more than a thousand interviews. You guys are trying to make this poor schmuck who showed up to your protest into something a lot bigger than he is. OK, he's just trying to survive and he's on your side. You don't have many voters left. You might want to try to hang on to them without demonizing <laughs> and vilifying your own people.
0: Isn't that but great? That's
2: the Donald Trump way. Sell everybody else down the road. Unless you are going to get a pardon. Some people are still hanging around waiting for their pardon. But most people have opened their eyes about what he's done to our country, what he's done to his family. Have you guys ever read the book by Mary Trump? About the way that Donald Trump has absolutely destroyed their family, wrecked her father's life. They do it to family. They do it to friends. They do it to their own associates and employees. And now you guys are doing it to this poor Ray Epps. Leave that guy alone, whoever he is.
0: So very nicely done by Jamie Raskin, and they love to see conspiracies everywhere. Even when there are none, there's a really good factcheck.org article about the entire Ray Epps thing. The quick take is Ray Epps was at the Capitol, but there is no evidence he was an FBI plant. Uh, there is evidence that Epps once held a leadership role in the Oath Keepers, some of whose members have been charged in the attack. Ray Epps is a 60 year old, he owns a wedding venue in Phoenix, Arizona. The FBI put a picture of him on a list of people they were seeking information about. And the conspiracy theories about Ray Epps include he just doesn't really seem like a random insurrectionist. He seems more like law enforcement. The other circumstantial claim that's made by some Trumpists is he was on a list of people the FBI wanted to talk to, and suddenly he was off the list. Well, maybe it's because the FBI found him and talked to him. Everything is a conspiracy with these people. And they should be ridiculed the way that Jamie Raskin did. I saw a funny comment on Twitter that Thomas Massey really has Milton from Office Space vibes, you know, the guy who uh, where is where is my stapler? Uh, But that's my that's my favorite stapler. It is very accurate. There is that exact vibe to Thomas Massey and Ray Epps. Raskin calls him a poor schmuck. Maybe I wouldn't go that far, Uh, but he's certainly a right winger. And he was certainly in Washington, D.C. on January 5th, 6th. And he certainly is not an FBI plant. Hey, uh, a couple months ago, I interviewed this Trump endorsed Republican House candidate, J.R. Majewski. We spoke about a lot of things with J.R. Majewski. In some areas, he was quite radical in others. He was not quite so radical. But we have now learned that J.R Majewski has completely fabricated his supposed record as a military veteran who served in Afghanistan multiple times. This is stolen valor, folks, multiple times. J.R. Majewski has said I did serve in Afghanistan. It turns out that he didn't. This was, if I understand correctly, broken by the Associated Press uh, in which Brian Sladisco and James Laporta wrote J.R. Majewski presents himself as an Air Air Force combat veteran deployed to Afghanistan after 9 11 once describing, quote, tough conditions, including a lack of running water, forcing him to go more than 40 days without a shower. Military documents obtained by the AP tell a different story. Majewski never deployed to Afghanistan. He did six months loading planes at an airbase in Qatar. That's an ally. It was very safe from any fighting. Majewski's account of his time in the military is only one aspect of his bio that's suspect. His post-military career has been defined by exaggerations, conspiracy theories, talk of violent action against the U.S. government and occasional financial duress. Thanks to an unflinching allegiance to Trump, he also stands a chance of defeating the longtime Democratic Congresswoman Marcy Kaptur. Now, listen, this guy is out of his mind, and we knew that from the interview I did with him. He has no business being a member of the House. I hope that these lies, yes, this is stolen valor. I hope that these lies about his military service end up torpedoing his campaign. He should he should just drop out. He probably won't. Let's take a look at some clips. Here is J.R. Majewski claiming that he did a tour of duty in Afghanistan, but he doesn't really like to talk about it. What a humble guy, huh?
3: Did you serve in Afghanistan?
0: Yes, I did. Did you serve in Afghanistan? Yes, I did. That is a lie. That is a lie. Okay? I'm just gonna play it once more so that there's no ambiguity here about whether he lied.
3: Did you serve in Afghanistan? Yes, I did. How many tours? One. What what year were you there? What years? Uh, two thousand two, two thousand three. Wow. So you served right right at the beginning. What yeah. Was that experience like? Um, tough, tough. I don't like talking about my military.
0: It was really tough when he was in Afghanistan. Never happened. Just a lie.
3: Sorry. Experience. Right. Not, not, not that. Um, not that we've said too much. I just don't. I don't really like to. I really don't like to divulge a lot of things about the military because, you know, they're to me, you know, it was a it was a tough time in life. Um, you know, the military wasn't easy, but in retrospect, it's one of the best decisions I've ever made.
0: It It's a lie, folks. He loaded planes in Qatar for six months. That's what he did. There was no tough experience in Afghanistan. Now, as far as his claim that he didn't shower for 40 days, maybe that's true, but it certainly wasn't because there was no running water. Here's another example of this, wherein he says that he uh, he he it's something it's it's a really detailed story about playing video games in Afghanistan. He was never in Afghanistan. It's just a lie.
3: Xbox and I'd be on that thing to like midnight, just talking, sh- and shooting people, man. It was fun. But I also remember now that I'm thinking about that. Um, but yeah, we played the division man for forever. And then the division two game came out and we just kind of got, we just, you know, we played it for like a month or two and it wasn't the same. So we, we quit. But, um, I remember being in the desert, man, right being in Afghanistan. And, uh, that is a lie.
0: He was not in Afghanistan.
3: Um, Somebody's mom sent
0: um, a PlayStation two or something like that over with Grand Theft Auto. And anyway, you get the point. So the point is, he was playing video games when he was in Afghanistan. And then there's a whole bunch of these a whole bunch of these examples of him uh, just lying. Here's another one.
3: Did she serve in the military? No, she uh, and and you did. You, You
0: were Air Force. Okay, yep.
3: you served in Operation Enduring Freedom, correct? Absolutely, Afghanistan.
0: Yes, yeah, sir. Yes, sir. In Afghanistan, it's just another lie, and I could even find uh, find find more of these, um, and they are quite despicable. In fact, just to be thorough, there was one more here. Uh, yeah, here he actually he says he lost his grandmother when he was in Afghanistan. I have no regrets with my life. One or two and
3: um those those regrets are you know if I could do them over, um it would be things that I didn't know I could have controlled,
4: you know, yeah,
3: but the you, know, you, you know the most important thing that's ever happened, probably is I lost my grandmother when I was in Afghanistan, mm. and
0: i didn't I didn't get to see her that that he wasn't in Afghanistan now, did he lose his grandmother while he was in Qatar, maybe, but that's a totally different story that's not combat, so by the standards of Republicans. This guy should be forced to drop out. Not a single Republican should be voting for this guy. Republicans claim that we should revere our veterans. Now, of course, they don't do it. We don't even provide good medical care in many cases to our veterans, although the VA does the best it can. We really leave behind veterans in many ways when it comes to jobs as well. But forget about the fact that they don't really mean it. Stolen Valor should be the end of the road for these Republicans. And yet J.R. Majewski might still win his race. Horrible stuff and really good reporting by the AP and others figuring out that this guy apparently made up the entire thing. Let me know what you think. Find me on Twitter at D. Pacman. The science tells us that one of the best ways to get consistent deep sleep is lowering your core body temperature. When your body stays cooler at night, you're more comfortable and your sleep is better. Our sponsor Sleep Me is the home of Chili Sleep, the customizable climate controlled sleep solutions that can improve your sleep by keeping you cooler at night. There are three different chili sleep systems. There's the Uller, the cube and the new Doc pro with double the cooling power. All three systems are water based temperature controlled mattress toppers that fit over your existing mattress to provide you with your ideal sleep temperature. You can go as cool as fifty five degrees. You can go really hot if you want. I keep mine at sixty. Beautiful temperature for me. Don't wake up hot and sweaty. Chilly sleep keeps me asleep all night. It feels great. I didn't know it was possible to love sleeping even more than I already did. Go to sleepme PacMan to learn more and get 25% off your new chili sleep system. Click on our chili sleep link in the podcast notes to start staying cool at night. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerdwallet's Smart Money Podcast. Nerdwallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much needed clarity in the finance world, helping you to make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like managing finances with a partner without conflict, making a balanced budget, boosting your credit score, saving more money for retirement, all sorts of really useful topics. Most people in the audience know I'm a big financial literacy advocate. I can tell you nerd wallet does a fantastic job here. Listen to nerd Wallet's smart money podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. One of our sponsors is Sunset Lake CBD, giving you 20% off when you go to sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code PACMAN. Unlike other companies using these cheap synthetic cannabinoids, Sunset Lake CBD extracts natural CBD oil from hemp grown on their family farm outside Burlington, Vermont. Sunset Lake CBD believes this transparent farm to table approach is the best way to spread the benefits of CBD. But don't just take their word for it. A certified third party lab tests every product to ensure accurate dosing. You can easily view the results yourself. At sunsetlakecbd.com. Just click on the quality tests tab. A lot of people report CBD being useful for things like insomnia, stress, pain. Producer Pat uses Sunset Lake CBD gummies for sleep. He loves them. I've had their CBD coffee, it's excellent. They also have oils, flour, topicals. Maybe you've been thinking of giving CBD a try. Sunset Lake is where you want to go. They support the David Packman show, they're socially responsible as a company. Go to sunsetlakecbd.com and use code PACMAN for 20% off your entire order. The info is in the podcast notes. Remember that The David PACMAN Show is a community and audience funded program. You can support the work we do through the membership program and you can sign up at joinpacman.com. The list of benefits is extensive, but at the top of the list, is the bonus show.
2: Oh, the bonus show where you want to make money. But everybody else that makes money to fund themselves is bad.
0: Every day we do an extra show for our members. And I encourage you to sign up at joinpacman.com. Major, major, major news yesterday. Donald Trump and his family are getting sued. New York, yes, they are suing Trump. And the case is being referred to the Internal Revenue Service, the IRS for criminal prosecution. This is this is really important that the key detail here is this is totally separate from the FBI search warrant. This is unrelated. This is a totally different thing as the legal problems are stacking up, up, up higher and higher to the moon for Donald Trump and his family. This relates to the fraudulent representations of asset values, exactly as our friend Michael Cohen testified about. And we'll talk to us about when he joins us later this month on the program, CNBC article New York sues Trump, company and family members over widespread fraud claims, seeking at least two hundred and fifty million dollars in penalties. New York Attorney General Letitia James sued Trump, Trump Org, as well as Eric Don Jr. and Ivanka. For allegedly widespread fraud, as Trump says, involving false financial statements related to the company. Mr. Trump's statements of financial condition from 2011 to 2021 were fraudulent and misleading in both their composition and presentation. That's CNBC. Patch.com explains more about what is believed that Donald Trump and his family did. Claiming money that you do not have does not amount to the art of the deal, said Letitia James in the civil suit Wednesday. James says Trump repeatedly and grossly inflated the value of properties in a longstanding game of smoke and mirrors. So I'll explain the gist of this. And I think to some in our audience, you already know this, but it's worth explaining. What is the point of saying a property you have is worth more or is worth less than it really is. And it has to do with are you trying to get a loan using that property as collateral or are you trying to avoid property taxes on a particular property? Let's say I have not a perfect building in New York, but a nice building and it's worth ten million dollars in reality. Now, in reality. Trump's defense is that property values are subjective. And of course, that's true. But let's say that on average, independent appraisers say a building is worth $10 million. If you need a $15 million loan, the $10 million building is not going to suffice as collateral. In general, you can get, generally speaking, 80 percent loan to value, meaning for a $10 million building, you can only get a loan of $8 million against it. So in order to justify the 15 million dollar loan, Trump can say this. This is a great building. This is a 20 million dollar building. And now that would enable him, if the bank believes it, to give him a 15 dollar loan against it. So that's when you inflate the asset value. On the other hand, in comes the property tax collector, the real estate uh, uh, tax collector, and says, you've got a 10 million dollar building here. You owe us money for property taxes based on 10 million. And then Trump can make a completely different case and say, no, listen, the toilets aren't so good. You got to flush them 10 to 15 times, as Trump often complains about. And, uh, you know, Jared Kushner is evicting people and all these different things. It's not worth 10 million. It's only worth 5 million. So tax me on the 5 million. It's a type of fraud. And it relates to keeping two sets of books and it relates to a whole bunch of other accounting And different types of fraud. So this is the crux of it. Now, we've got a couple of videos here from the attorney general, Letitia James, and she has quite a bit to say about all of this.
5: Mr. Trump also blatantly ignored legal restrictions at Mar-a-Lago. Mar-a-Lago was valued on the false premise that it sat on unrestricted property and could be developed for residential use. However, Mr. Trump knew that Mar-a-Lago was subject to a host of onerous restrictions and limitations. Mr. Trump himself signed deeds sharply restricting changes to the property and donating his residential development rights in an effort to get a tax deduction and later to lower his property taxes on the property. Exactly. The deeds also require Mr. Trump to donate over 23% of Mar-a-Lago's value to the historic trust for historic preservation, if he ever sold it. Despite these significant restrictions, Mr. Trump valued the property based on the false premise that it was an unrestricted residential, 18 acre plot of land that could be sold and used as a private home. In fact, the valuations represent that these restrictions don't even exist. The club generated annual revenues of less than $25 million and should have been valued at more than valued at about $75 million. However, Mar-a-Lago was valued as high as $739 million.
0: Bit of an exaggeration. That's for sure. And Letitia James, there outlining just more examples of the type of thing that I'm talking about now. What is she seeking? Well, in addition to two hundred and fifty million dollars in damages, her goal is to prohibit any of Trump's companies from doing business in the state of New York.
5: And lastly, to cancel any certificate filed under and by virtue of the provisions of Section one hundred thirty of the general business law for the corporate entities named as defendants and any other entity controlled by or beneficially owned by Donald Trump, which participated in or benefited from the ongoing financial scheme. In other words, permanently prohibit any of these companies from doing business in the state of New York.
0: Now, we don't know whether any of these things are going to happen. We don't know whether a single dollar is going to be collected here in this lawsuit. We don't know whether Trump and his family will actually be barred from doing business in New York. But what we do know is that the legal problems are mounting and the legal bills are exploding dramatically here. Now, Donald Trump is, of course, on a tirade about this, and we'll get to that in a moment. But understand that these are mechanisms which anyone in a sense could could try to take advantage of. If you have a house that's worth three hundred thousand dollars, you could try to get a favorable, favorable appraisal if you want to get a home equity line of credit. Uh, And you could also call the local tax assessor and say the property is terrible. It's not worth that much to lower your property taxes a little bit. But we're talking about thousands of dollars there here. We are talking about tens, if not hundreds of millions of dollars that impact dramatically tax collections and loan money that is put at risk by financial corporations. This is very serious, so it should be taken seriously. We are going to follow where this goes Two points that have been made about why it will be difficult for Letitia James to prevail in this lawsuit. Number one, there is a disclaimer that is included in these valuation documents by the Trump Organization, which says property valuations are subjective. Now, whether that is enough to clear someone of fraud liability is going to have to be investigated. But one claim is we say this is subject to. Um, It it is subjective, period. Um, And then number two, proving that Donald Trump really meant to deceive and that he was even personally involved. All of these are obstacles, certainly to holding Trump accountable. But the legal problems mounting and Donald Trump completely exploding about this within minutes of yesterday's announcement that New York Attorney General Letitia James is suing Trump and his family for two hundred and fifty million dollars and seeking to bar his organization from doing business in New York over multiple instances of alleged fraud. Donald Trump took to his failed social media platform, Truth Social, also known as Troth central to Trump and viciously attacked Letitia James, not defending himself on the merits, but just attacking Letitia James. Let's take a look at a few of these posts, Donald Trump, starting with, quote, another witch hunt by a racist attorney general Letitia James who failed in her run for governor, getting almost zero support from the public and now is doing poorly against law and order. Attorney General candidate, highly respected Michael Henry. I never thought this case would be brought until I saw her really bad poll numbers, implying it's all political. She is a fraud who campaigned on a get Trump platform. Despite the fact that the city is one of the crime and murder disasters of the world under her watch. Trump continuing Attorney General Letitia peekaboo James. I don't have no clue what peekaboo is all about. A total crime fighting disaster in New York is spending all of her time fighting for very powerful and well represented banks and insurance companies who were fully paid, made a lot of money and never had a complaint about me instead of fighting murder and violent crime, which is killing New York state. She is a failed attorney general whose lack of talent in the fight against crime is causing record numbers of people and companies to flee New York. Bye bye. And then lastly, Trump continuing his attack, not defending himself on the charges, but just attacking the messenger. The New York Times, her peekaboo James case against him could be difficult to prove. Property valuations are often subjective and the financial statements include a very strong disclaimer. Thank you. So this is going to be a fight, but it is problem after problem for Donald Trump. And I'll be I'll be perfectly frank with you. I don't know whether Trump plans to run for president in 24. I don't know whether Trump believes that running for president will somehow insulate him from the repercussions of all of these legal problems. The people doing the prosecution say it will not, but it remains to be seen. But it is increasingly looking like it's going to be really difficult to run for president at the same time that there are so many legal problems that you are facing. We'll see what ultimately happens. And all of these clips that I played for you are available on our Instagram, which you can find by searching Instagram for David Pakman show. The David Pakman shows longest running sponsor is Blinkist, the app that takes thousands of nonfiction books, boils each of them down into an explainer you can read or listen to in 15 minutes. Blinkist also condenses episodes of popular podcasts into 15 minute explainers. I've been using Blinkist for years to supplement the books I read. I love reading. I, I read all the time but there's even more books I don't have time to read. And you can often find those nonfiction books on Blinkist and consume the entire thing in 15 minutes. My favorite new feature on the app is Blinkist Connect, which lets you share your Blinkist premium account with someone else. You basically get two accounts for the price of one and then you can also share Blinkist books and podcasts between users. I have a joint Blinkist premium account, with my girlfriend, Blinkist Connect lets us sync together what books and podcasts we're listening to on Blinkist, sparks many interesting discussions. We just listened to Robert Green's The 48 Laws of Power, the new version. Robert Green, super interesting writer. Find his books fascinating. You can try Blinkist free for seven days and get 25% off a premium subscription at Blinkist.com/slash David Pakman. That's b l i n k i s t dot com slash David Pacman to get Blinkist free for seven days and twenty five percent off a subscription. The link is in the podcast notes. One of our sponsors today is BusyBox Child. I know that there are many parents in our audience. This is for you. BusyBox Child offers really great subscription boxes for kids filled with sensory toys that will help your toddler to elementary age child, stay off screens and do some really interesting stuff. Technology use by kids is at an all time high, especially after the pandemic. Playing off of screens is really critical for development, for cognitive development, social, emotional well being for kids. It's an ideal opportunity for parents to engage with kids as well. Carolyn is the founder of Busy Box Child. She's a mom and a child clinical psychologist who designs all the boxes that you receive. Busy Box Child offers monthly sensory kits with different themes for each season, or you can get a monthly sand bin subscription for hours and hours of fun. Check out their mini jars and mini kits for playtime on the go. Busy Box Child is a small business that supports The David Pakman Show. Support them. Go to busyboxchild.com and use the code PACMAN for 10% off. You can find the info in the podcast notes. I am going to play for you now clips from the most humiliating, deranged, and disastrous interview that I can ever remember Donald Trump giving since the start of his political career. Trump seems visibly scared in this interview. This interview took place last night on Fox News with Sean Hannity after the news that New York was suing Trump and his family for two hundred and fifty million and seeking to prevent him from doing any business in New York after Trump's own special master said, you got to cut the crap because these explanations aren't cutting it. And after a judge determined that, yes, the Department of Justice can now resume its investigation of Trump with the documents they seized at Mar-a-Lago, Trump is scared. And when Trump gets scared, he becomes belligerent, belligerent without even drinking. Let's get right into this. Trump missing from Fox News for a while, allowed back on. And before we even get into the criminal stuff, Trump continuing this impossible to understand statement that he both completed the wall and was just about to finish it when he left office
6: came along and they just dismantled that they wouldn't finish the wall. The wall was completed. The original section was completed. I said, let's do more. We did more. He could have had that finished in three weeks.
0: OK. <laughs> the wall was done. But then they stopped it, but we had completed it. And then they said we could do it in three weeks. I can't even make sense of that, so I'm not even going to try. Let's just continue. Here is Donald Trump addressing this issue of the values of his properties. See if you can make sense of this.
6: And she said we're going to get him that her whole campaign was based on that. And uh, then she came after us. We've been going over this for years, and I actually thought because our values are really high. The company is great. I built a great company. You right. take Places like this. So many other places that I have like this, frankly, I mean, just the, the, among the finest places anywhere. He
0: can't even address the substance, just he gets locked into this. Uh, my places are great
6: in the world. I actually thought that they would never bring a case and she brought it. And the reason I thought because she didn't have a case, uh, I was of the impression she wanted to settle. But I had a problem because how do you pay something? Even if it's a small amount of money, if you're not guilty,
0: this was he thought she was going to. Ju- I mean, it, it's, it's completely unintelligible, folks. I thought we were just going to settle with her instead. But also, how do you do guilty when you didn't do anything wrong? It, but why were you expecting to settle then? You, but what are you talking about? It doesn't make any sense. This continues to just get worse and worse. Trump unable to answer any question directly asked by Sean Hannity, were you actually the one filling out the loan applications? I don't think Trump even answers that question.
1: Let me go back to Letitia James. Did you ever in your life fill out a loan application when in the Trump organization?
6: Well, you know, we make loans, but I have very little debt.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, the question was, do you fill out the applications? Here's no. what I want to tell you. And, what and Jonah, said I, might,
6: I might add one thing. They've demeaned me for years with this stuff. And now they find out I have very little debt. Very <laughs>
0: he doesn't answer the question. OK, the question was, do you fill out the loan apps and Trump goes, I don't have much debt. And, you know, we make loans, but who knows here? Hannity actually seems to try to help Trump come up with possible legal defenses. They're not great ideas. I have to tell you,
1: I was told that in your financial statements, when you make a loan application and you can confirm it if you know yeah. this or not know this. Do you put in a caveat that actually says, these are our valuations? Yeah. Because I don't know a lending institution, a bank, a financial institution that would lend money to anybody and just go by the borrower's estimation evaluation of valuation of a particular property. So if you're buying a $100 million property, and you're putting X, Y and Z up for leverage, you estimate its value at this. They estimate it at this. Right. Don't they have a fiduciary responsibility before you they give you that amount of money? So to, what they to do determine what the value is, first
6: of all, these are banks that have the best law firms in the world, the biggest and best and most powerful. They do their own work. They don't rely on us. But what they do is we have a disclaimer and we put so
0: together- understand the subterfuge whether or not that not that is true. And it is true, generally speaking, that that's that banks do that. It doesn't make it any less fraudulent for Trump to put a bunch of this stuff on paper in the way that he did, as outlined in the 200 page lawsuit.
6: my people put it together. I would look at it and it looked fine, but it's not overly important. What's important is the property I have the best property. What happened, Sean, is we have a disclaimer right on the front And it basically says, you know, get your own people. You're at your own risk. Uh, This was done by management. It wasn't done by it. It was done by management. So don't rely on the statement that you're getting. And it's and by the way, it goes on for like a page and a half. It's a very big disclaimer. It's a very powerful disclaimer.
0: Super powerful guys. It's nobody's ever seen a disclaimer this powerful to be to be completely honest. Um, Trump then continues to argue. He's almost continuing to argue the false real estate values that are at the crux of the lawsuit. He just keeps saying these are the values after saying, "Well, it's subjective, so even if it's worth less, it's not really my problem." Now he says, "Well, these are the values."
1: Responsibility to come up with their own valuation because they've got their own bosses and shareholders that they have to answer to. So
0: they
6: would look at a property like this. I don't even have a mortgage on this property. I don't have a mortgage on most of my properties.
0: Okay, I actually I want to address that for a second. You and I might say you either have a mortgage on a property or you own it outright in these big commercial properties, hotels and resorts and this type of thing saying I don't have a mortgage versus I don't have debt are two different things, because in these types of properties, sometimes they are financed with debt to equity financing. It's not a mortgage. A mortgage is not the instrument sometimes you would have a commercial loan. Sometimes it's a commercial construction loan because you're buying a property for 50 million and you need another 25 million for work. And so you need 75 million and you put down 10 percent. It's not a mortgage, strictly speaking. They're not mortgages, but it is still debt. And so that all of these little statements are misdirections at their core.
6: You know, I used to read where was overextended and he had so much money borrowed. And I'm saying, what are they talking about? But and actually, the one good thing is people see what a great company I built. I built a great company, a powerful company.
0: You're getting sued for lying. And he's talking about his company,
6: a company that's very lowly leveraged with the among the best assets anywhere in the world. I mean, you look at this asset. She has this down to seventy five million dollars. I can tell you it's many times that number. She said, oh, he valued it at 75 or whatever it was, or she valued it at 75.
0: He doesn't what? even know what he's saying. This, is, by the way, Mar-a-Lago, what they're talking about is Mar-a-Lago, which Letitia James believes is worth 75 million, and Trump believes is worth, worth 739 million.
6: Does Letitia James know? But if I were going, I don't have a mortgage on this property. If I was going to put a mortgage on this property, the institutions are going to be coming over. They're going to go through comparable properties all over Palm Beach or whatever it is, wherever it may be. Miami, we have them all over. We have tremendous properties.
0: So he's completely all over the place. Then it starts to get almost a little bit sad where Trump admits he has trouble referring himself to himself as a former president.
6: When they're here, we could do lots of things. We, I think we had good security. We had, as you know, we had. Tremendous Secret Service. They are unbelievable people, and they're all over Mar-a-Lago, as happens to a former president, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I hate to use the word former because I have a lot of problems with what happened. But <laughs> the fact is, we know we wouldn't be having all these problems that we have right now. By the way, with Ukraine and Russia talking about nuclear,
0: this has nothing to do with Ukraine and Russia.
6: your weapons now. I want to get to all, all of that because what's happening in the world is horrible.
0: It's a a horrible thing what's happening in the world. At another point during the interview, Trump again went back to the FBI planted evidence at Mar-a-Lago. Now, that is old ground, which I thought he had gotten away from by saying they didn't plant it. It was totally fine for me to have it, but I guess we're going back to maybe it was planted
6: when Hillary broke them up, broke up all our phones with the hammers and they did the bleach (laughs)
0: Oh God! Now the story is Hillary with a hammer smashing up Trump's iPhone.
6: All the things that happened were incredible. Well, you could also say 33 million documents or pages with President Obama. That's very questionable. 33 million, not 33,000. Happens to be a similar number. 33 million.
0: Mm, That's suspicious, guys. 33, a lot of 33 going on.
6: They're fighting over them or arguing over them. The problem that you have is they go into rooms, they won't let anybody near them. They wouldn't even let them in the same building. Did they drop anything into those piles?
0: There or? it is. There's the suggestion. The FBI could have dropped any of that stuff, which I, by the way, declassified. Why would you declassify the very things the FBI is planning to leave there? Then maybe the wacky, the second wackiest moment of this interview, Trump says he can declassify documents telepathically. By thinking about it, folks, please
6: stand it. You know, there's different people say different things. But as I understand, there doesn't have to be. If you're the president of the United States, you can declassify just by saying um, it's declassified even by thinking about it. Right. Because you're sending it to Mar-a-Lago or to wherever you're sending it. And there doesn't have to be a process. There can be a process, but there doesn't have to be.
0: So, Trump can telepathically declassify documents, but he didn't take them. They might have been planted by the FBI. And it just so happened that they had been telepathically declassified by Donald Trump. Here is the final moment from this interview, and it is so unintelligible. Trump is on a word salad that is so unintelligible that about a minute in Hannity tries to Stop Trump to help him because what he's saying is making so little sense. And even Hannity can't save Trump.
1: So let me ask you this question because I I think this is the next logical question. Because the president of the United States, you unlike, say, Hillary Clinton in her case, a president has the power to declassify. Correct. Okay. You had said on Truth Social a number of times you did declassify. I did declassify, yes. Okay. Is there a process? What was your process to declassify? It doesn't have
6: to be a process, as right. I understand it. You know, there's different people say different right. things, but as I understand it, it, doesn't have to be. If you're the president of the United States, you can declassify just by saying um, it's declassified, even by thinking about it, because you're sending it to Mar-a-Lago or to wherever you're sending it, and there doesn't have to be a process. There can be a process, but there doesn't have to be. You're
0: All right. So that's what we saw before. And now it goes off the rails. And within 30 seconds, Hannity tries to help. And even he can't save Trump.
6: President, 't You make that decision. So when you send it, it's declassified. We I declassified everything. <laughs> now, I declassified things and we were having a lot of problems with Nara. You know, Nara uh, is a radical left group of people running that thing. And when you send documents over there. I would say there's a very good chance that a lot of those documents will never be seen again. Mm. There's also a lot of speculation because of what they did, the severity of the FBI coming come raiding Mar-a-Lago. Were they looking for the Hillary Clinton emails that were deleted, but they are around someplace? Were they looking for the... Wait, wait spy you're not or saying you had it, did, did, No, no, they may be saying they may have thought that it was that in did. there. Okay. And a lot of what? people said the only thing...
0: that is Trump saying... The FBI might have thought Hillary's bleached emails were at Mar-a-Lago. I ca- I can't tell you what he's saying
6: that would give the kind of severity that they showed by actually coming in and raiding with many, many people is the Hillary Clinton deal, the Russia, Russia, Russia stuff. Or I mean, there are there are a number of things. The spying on Trump's campaign. <laughs>
0: Folks, this guy is scared in a way I've never seen him be scared. I think that's the explanation here, the behavior, the delusions, the unhinged nature. There is something materially different here. And I believe it's that Trump is scared out of his wits. Let me know. We will have this clip on our Facebook page. We will have it on our Instagram. I want to hear from you. Who doesn't love a good cereal, the crunchiness, the sweetness it satisfies in a serious manner. But then you grow up and now all the healthy cereals are boring and bland and they get soggy. And this is where magic spoon comes in. It is that sweet, crunchy texture you loved from childhood with zero grams of sugar, only four to five net carbs. Perfect if you're doing keto, only one hundred and forty calories per serving and packed with 14 to 15 grams of protein. Magic Spoon spent years developing the recipes. It's really the only cereal on the market to get the texture and the flavor right without the sugar and without a ton of carbs. They have flavors like cocoa, honey nut, fruity, peanut butter. Maybe you want to go adventurous. They've got blueberry muffin, maple waffle, cookies and cream or cinnamon roll. That brings back memories. I love Magic Spoon. The whole team does. But if you don't, you'll get a full refund but i know it's about to become your new favorite cereal you'll get $5 off when you go to magicspoon.com/pacman the link is in the podcast notes one of our longtime sponsors is monk pack offering low sugar plant-based keto-friendly bars i love these they are the perfect snack for anyone trying to eat better or cutting back on sugar and carbs without sacrificing taste Monk Pack offers granola bars and nut and seed bars, each with only one gram of sugar or less, two to three net carbs and one hundred and fifty calories or less. I'm a big fan of the macadamia white chocolate nut and seed bar. Great combination of sweet, salty, chewy and crunchy. And there's under one gram of sugar. They come in other awesome flavors like sea salt, dark chocolate, coconut, cocoa chip and caramel sea salt. Monk Pack is great if you're doing keto. I don't do keto, but Monk Pack is just great for anyone who wants something delicious on the go without the sugar. And my audience gets 20% off your first order at MonkPack.com when you use the coupon code Pacman at checkout. That's Dot com. Get 20% off with coupon code Pacman. The info is in the podcast notes. All right, let's cover a couple of other things. Um, It is an increasingly difficult job for the lawyers that have been hired. And I use the term hired loosely because it's never really clear that they're getting paid. The lawyers that have been hired by Donald Trump to defend him and to make the arguments in the court of public opinion or in the media that will really sway anybody. Now, I've already said to you before, the arguments they make on TV, they often will not make in a court of law. And we saw that over the last couple of days. But sometimes it gets to the point where they don't even really have arguments that they can make on TV. And one of Donald Trump's lawyers, Alina Habba, appeared yesterday on Newsmax and all sorts of other media outlets, and nothing that she said was particularly persuasive. One of the claims she tried to make in this first clip is that the reason Trump's buildings are worth so much more than many will acknowledge is because of the intangible value raising name recognition that calling a building a Trump building has. Now, unfortunately, this isn't true. But here's Alina Habba trying to make this argument.
7: Number one, number two, when you have a Trump property, that's a unicorn property. That's what we call that. That's something that has a
0: brand that's what we in the business call them.
7: Value and has real estate value. He's got some of the best buildings in New York. So you want to sit there and tell me, oh, Trump, do you know what a property's worth? It's worth what someone's willing to pay for it. It doesn't matter what Letitia James thinks.
0: Now, the only problem with this argument is that Trump's properties increasingly seem beleaguered by being called Trump, whatever. In fact, remember some of these stories from when was this Uh, from last year? Trump branded New York building looks to remove president's name, ex-president's name on tower reduces its value. This is the opposite of the argument that Alina Habba is making. Other examples, Business Insider from 2019, all the places that have removed Trump's name since he won in 2016. And there's this whole list of places Um, two ice skating rinks, uh, removed Trump signs, nine other buildings removed Trump signs. So it's just a lie. In fact, not only might the Trump name not increase value, it might diminish value. Here is um, another one of these clips where it, it just doesn't sound very convincing.
7: We'll be ready to grow and we will
0: continue to crush it. It We're going to continue to crush it. It is
7: what it is. It's an election political ploy. Here we go, Leticia. You know, you made a mistake. You wanted to file, but it's going to be another L in your bucket. Here we go.
0: Yeah, I'm not finding her super credible nor super persuasive. Here is um, the same lawyer Alina Habba on a different show on. I guess this is also Newsmax. This one's called Rob Schmidt tonight. And again, I'm not finding her arguments particularly. I really think persuasive is the right the right word.
7: Now, the Department of Justice filed this crazy raid pretending it's all these criminal actions because it's around the corner to November. And this is what we like to call an October surprise, which (laughs) we've seen before.
0: Yeah. So it's an October surprise in September before a November in which Donald Trump is not actually running. Hmm. It's not making a lot of sense, Alina. And of course, one of the realities that eventually we just start to bump up against is you can't always defend the indefensible. You just can't. You get to a certain point where, okay, listen, you know what? I don't know. I don't know. Between the Mar-a-Lago thing and the Georgia thing and the January sixth thing and the New York fraud thing and all of the other things and the alleged rape thing and all these. At some point, you just can't keep continue. You can't continue defending the indefensible. And that's what Trump's lawyers are now up against. And it's quite a pleasure to see, I have to tell you, hopefully they're at least getting paid, which is a really tough thing to collect when you are working for Donald Trump. Hey, this is uh, I think some of you may find this interesting. We launched the Pac-Man Finance Channel. We announced this a while ago, and I'll remind you what that is in a moment. And the comments on this channel are pure and utter gold, where I am both being called a socialist communist who has no business talking about personal finance and also being called a capitalist who is bad like Alex Jones says. Oh, the
2: bonus show where you want to make money, but everybody else that makes money to fund themselves is bad.
0: And for that reason, people aren't going to watch the channel. So let's back it up a little bit. About a month and a half ago, we announced the forthcoming launch of the Pacman Finance YouTube channel. This will be a channel, it's not a political channel. It's personal finance with someone who is on the left rather than like right wing Dave Ramsey. So the way I like to think about Pac-Man, Pac-Man finance is it's like Dave Ramsey, but not a right wing nut, not irrationally obsessed with avoiding debt and not anti-vax. That that's the way I, that's the elevator pitch for Pac-Man finance. And it took us a while to get this launched. And we finally did. There are currently two videos up, one about building a, a logical asset allocation and another one for how to build an emergency fund and the right order of operations for ones finances. Incredibly after just 24 48 hours of videos, we are already at 3750 subscribers to this brand new channel. It's incredible. I can't thank people enough and you can find the channel at youtubecom Finance. It's no frills personal finance. How to make a budget, why home prices and interest rates move in opposite directions. Index funds, just basics, okay? youtube.com slash Pacman finance. But the really interesting thing is I've been on politics YouTube for a decade and a half, and I know about the kind of toxic nature of what's on politics YouTube now being exposed to finance YouTube. It's absolutely fascinating. Check out some of these comments that I spotted our friend Tommy Boy showed up and said, shouldn't you just wait for the government to give you everything you need to survive? I I don't know when I've ever advocated for that. And then Tommy Boy adding, this is comical, a complete socialist talking about asset allocation, laughable hypocrisy. If you know anything about me and my channels, it's that I am not a socialist. I am a social Democrat. That's a well regulated type of capitalism. So Tommy boy is confused. Then we continue with people with a different perspective. Sergeant Salty showed up and said more capitalist lies. You can get rich, too, if you follow this advice. That's not what I said. You cannot find a single place where I even imply that Sergeant Salty goes on to say, how about instead of playing into the system, advocate for a new system that people don't have to struggle to succeed in. Well, come over to my David Pakman show YouTube channel where I advocate for exactly that type of change. Zephyrus commented, I refuse to watch capitalist content. So some people won't watch it because it's communist and some people won't watch it because it's capitalist. OK, a couple others. Stig's journey said, why is a communist talking about finances? Hmm. And then Mr. Rembrandt said why would a progressive anti capitalist start a finance channel? Well, where are you getting that? I think capitalism is broken, but I'm not a socialist and I'm not a communist. And then lastly, this is my favorite. Jason Crawford asks a really good question. What actual expertise do you have in personal finance? That's a fair question. I have an MBA specialized in financial planning. That's my expertise, and I hope that it is suitable, Uh, folks. We've got a real problem out there. So as a reminder, I will outline I am an adherent to social democracy. I'm fine with markets being used to direct resources in some areas. Broadcast microphones. Fine. Supply and demand. Put it in the market. Um, you know, hipster sneakers. Fine. But I want certain areas out of that. When we talk about healthcare, when we talk about education, there are certain things I don't think should be subjected to vulture capitalism and the whims of the market. Everybody should have a home. Everybody should have health care. Everybody should have food. We can do these things. Okay. And as a social democrat, which is a well-regulated form of capitalism. I believe that we should use taxation on the very rich. To ensure that nobody drops below a certain level, a certain standard of living, we should be funding maternity and paternity leave. We should be using those funds to make sure that we are taking care of people. The rich can still be rich, but the richer you get, we're going to take a bigger and bigger slice. To make sure everybody's doing okay. If you want to call that socialism, you're wrong. If you want to call that unregulated capitalism, you're also wrong. We're talking about a regulated form of capitalism. Okay, so that's the deal. We don't do politics on the finance channel, we do the politics here. But again, I encourage you to go to youtube.com slash pacman be one of the first 5,000 subscribers. It's free, guys, it's completely free. Next video comes out today. We've got another video coming out tomorrow. It's an absolutely fantastic thing. We have a voicemail number and that number is two one nine two David P. Now I'm going to do something potentially against my better judgment. I'm going to play a voicemail from this uh, very insistent troll Troy York. Now, some of you might say that rings a bell. Troy York. Where do I know that name? Troy York has been calling into the show and leaving voicemails for years and years and years. And months ago, maybe even longer, I just stopped playing his voicemails because they got so boring and pedantic and pointless. You didn't like them. I didn't like them. They didn't bring anything interesting to the table. Recently people have been saying whatever happened to Troy York? Well, what happened to Troy York is that he still leaves two to three voicemails a day. Haven't played his voicemail for months, maybe longer, but he is insistently leaving voicemail after voicemail. Half of them. You can barely hear what he says. His connections a disaster. The background noise is is just infuriating. But I want to play one voicemail just to show you this is really what happens when your brain is completely scrambled on right wing talking points and confusion and you're in a daze where you completely lack any ability to think critically or for yourself about anything. And as often as the case, Troy York uses up the full three minute max on our voicemail line. Let's just see how far we can get through this. But understand this is your brain on idiocy.
4: Uh, David Pakman, more lies of the corrupt mainstream media through their polling, um, continue to meddle and rock into the Pennsylvania um, Senate election. And the continued lies and abuse of polling is something that um, there needs to be reckoning with. These polls mean absolutely nothing. And are meant to manipulate uh, the votes. They always favor the Democrats.
0: Well, right now, John Fetterman is up four in polling in Pennsylvania, and Ron DeSantis is up five in polling in Florida. So, if we can't believe any of the polling, then certainly on election day, both of the results in those races should differ from the polling. We'll be able to test that in just a few weeks. Um,
4: they are partisan in nature. They're untrustworthy. Uh, they are deceiving and they should be declared illegal. Um, anyone with a brain. Would
0: That's a really conservative light touch, right? Make polling illegal.
4: Would ignore these polls, but naturally you are like the scarecrow from the land of Oz. You do not have a brain um, that functions properly. Mm. Your brain, Mr. David Peckman, is a butter.
0: It's but it's not mayonnaise. It's butter. Listen, um, I mean, polls are generally speaking pretty accurate. You know, you go back to 2020. The polling going in had Biden like plus five and Biden ended up winning by seven point two. It's really pretty close in 2016. uh, Let me see if I can. uh, 2016 Trump, Hillary, I'll get the exact numbers for us. In 2016, the polling had Hillary up three. And Hillary won the popular vote by two. Now, of course, we have this crazy system called an Electoral College, and it led to Trump winning the electoral vote. But the popular vote polls said Hillary plus three. Hillary won by two. The polling is generally speaking pretty accurate, Troy. Um
4: Troy. You are so deranged with Trump syndrome. Mm. You are so delusional with your progressive, radical extremism. Yeah, Um. you can't even. Call out these polls for the horse manure that they are. Um, Doctor Mehmet Oz is by far a healthier, stronger, more
0: more competent um, um, person. I can't speak to the comparison between Oz and Fetterman on physical health, but Oz is in way over his head. Fetterman's a really brilliant guy, Harvard, lieutenant governor. Etc. Oz doesn't know up from down and left from right.
4: More competent. Leader than John Fetterman, who is a disgrace. He is a scum. He looks like the average homeless guy. He can't dress. He can't talk. He has no ability to live a healthy lifestyle. He doesn't care. The man is. Morbidly obese,
0: unhealthy. I actually d- don't think Fetterman's morbidly obese anyway. So that's Troy York. That'll be the one voicemail for the year. He'll keep calling in, you know, two to three times a day. But for those of you who have been wondering, it's still the same dribble. We have a great bonus show for you today. Ginny Thomas, the wife of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, will be speaking with the House January 6th panel when and under what terms we will discuss. The uh, woman who falsely accused the Black Bird Watcher remember that wacky story and then got fired. She sued her ex-employer and has lost the lawsuit. We will talk about it. Many are calling it sweet justice. I'm not calling it that, but many people are. And the World Cup captains want to wear, wear rainbow armbands in Qatar. I have to tell you, the rainbow armbands are fine. But the stadiums were built by essentially slave labor. So, this is one of those things where, yeah, fine, but we're kind of missing the forest for the trees. We're going to talk about all of those stories and more when producer Pat joins me on today's bonus show. You can get instant access to the bonus show by signing up at joinpacman.com. And remember, we have launched the new YouTube channel, Pacman Finance. YouTube.com slash Pacman Subscribe free. The clips are going up daily. We'll see you then.